Well, good morning again, St. John's Church family. My name is Tom. I'm the pastor here, and we're just so grateful that you chose to worship with us on this 4th of July weekend. If it's your first time worshiping with us, I uh, would love to get to know who you are by uh, having you fill out the online connect card. There's a link in the description or on the screen. Um, that's our way of knowing you're here just so that we can thank you for worshiping with us. If you have a prayer request, if you have a question, if there's a way we can serve you, that's also the way you can let us know as well. If you are feeling led to make an offering and uh, bring glory to God as an act of worship, you can do that online on the link on the description or on the screen and we are so grateful for your continued support in what we're doing in the name of Jesus here in and through St. John's. Um, families out there with kids, we have another new lesson by Steve and Cassie Quist, our kids men coordinators online, St. John's Kids at Home. There's a link in the description for that too and on the screen. Uh, we have a couple of small groups that are continuing to meet over the summer and some that are taking a little break as they anticipate the fall and you can see the link to that in the uh, description and on our website as well. Um, and last but not least, if you are looking for a way to worship in person, we are now offering services online and in person outside, um, 10 a.m. at Babe Man Park. And so uh, we'd love if you're feeling comfortable to see you out at the park as well. Uh, but for right now, let's prepare our hearts to, to read God's Word, and let's do that by opening it up together. If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, and so I'd encourage you to open that up with me. And um, let's just begin with a word of prayer as we prepare our hearts. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just pray that, that you prepare our hearts to hear your Word. God, we thank you that we get to come before you in this way and that you come to us that you are with us and that through your Holy Spirit, God, that you are unlocking your truth in our hearts, that we might be changed and become more like you when we leave than when we came. That is our prayer, God. May we bring glory to you in the way that we sing during worship, in the way that we study your word, and in the way that you change our lives. It is in your name we pray. Amen. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to go through a lot of, of chapter 9 here, at least kind of breeze through it. But to get started, I just want to read a couple of verses, beginning at verse 46. Luke chapter 9, verse 46. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to him, whoever comes uh, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among all of you who is the greatest. The word of the Lord. Now today is, is Independence Day weekend, and, and what we're going to talk about this, this morning, or whenever it is that you're joining us, is is that independence is actually a myth. That, that no one is, is independent and that that is actually a good thing. And I'll explain that as we get into God's word this morning. But before we start, I want to ask you a question about the weekend. What's your favorite 4th of July activity? 
If you're online, I'd encourage you to, to write that in the comment section or uh, share that with somebody that you're, you're alongside with as you're worshiping together. Uh, I'll tell you, my favorite thing about the 4th of July is has got to be the fireworks. And so I asked our church council, I said, could I, could I do some fireworks in the church? They said, you can only use a sparkler. And so, so that's what I'm going to do, probably the safest thing. But see, even this sparkler isn't independent, right? Like, without a flame, this sparkler is nothing better than just a stick. But with the flame, it does what it was intended to do. At least I think it will. I'll have to see what happens here. There we go. And it creates this beautiful light that we can use to celebrate. Now, there's a children's message that goes along with this illustration that reminds us of what Jesus said in in John chapter 8 when he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And see, what it reminds us of is that, that the sparkler is not Jesus, but Jesus is the flame. See, you and I are the sparklers as we allow the light of Christ to light up our world because that's what we were made to do. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, we are dependent on the source of light in order to shine for the world so that people might see that light and praise not ourselves, but praise our Father in heaven. Now again, today is is Independence Day weekend, and it's, it's when we remember what happened on July 4th, 1776, when the original 13 colonies declared independence. And, and it's an ironic holiday because, as I said at the beginning, independence is really somewhat of a myth. Even in history, we look at the Revolutionary War, and we would not have won if it wasn't for our dependence on our allies, having France come and help save the day. And every generation since then has had to grapple with the same truth that if we wish to remain independent, it is because we are dependent on those who have fought hard for our continued independence as a country. See, independence is a myth. It's a myth as a country. It's a myth for a sparkler. The truth is we're all dependent on someone or something. And that brings us into our reading today from Luke chapter 9. It's, it's part of a much bigger context. And at the very beginning of the chapter, what I want to read to you is just the first six verses. Jesus is sending out the 12 disciples to go and basically to shine his light in some dark places around them. He, he sent them out to cast out demons and to heal diseases and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. They were sparklers who were given the flame of God to go out and shine. So let's read this now. Chapter 9, verse 1. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all the demons and cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. 
he told them, take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake off the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went to the, from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now, one thing I find really fascinating in this particular part of the chapter is that that Jesus' plan, right, to go and send the disciples out and do all of this miraculous work also included their dependence on the people that they were serving. Like, like literally, by telling them not to bring anything with them, they would need to be dependent on those around them if they wanted to eat and a place to sleep and for extra clothes. And it reminds me of what we talked about last week in our series, The Art of Neighboring, how sometimes the, the way that we can love other people is, is not just by blessing them, though there's definitely a place to do that, but sometimes it's by allowing them to bless us. It's by allowing them to give us gifts as well. And it looks like that's what Jesus is having the disciples do as they go out. And then and if we continue in chapter 9, you'll see in the next section, Jesus gives them power to do something else, another miracle. There's thousands of people gathered, and he gives them the power to feed them with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. And again, it's amazing. And it's amazing because they are sparklers who have been given the flame of God to go out and do incredible things. After that, you see in the same chapter, Peter, James, and John, three of the closest disciples to Jesus, they went up on a mountain with Jesus to pray, and they got to see Jesus as the light as he was transfigured in the presence of the Father, as the Father spoke from heaven, as they saw the forefathers of their faith, Moses and Elijah. It was incredible. They wanted to stay there, but Jesus told them, I'm not finished yet, we need to leave. And so that's what they did. And as they came down from the mountain, this is where the chapter starts to go off a little bit and things begin to unwind. And we begin to see the essential reason why we are not independent and what happens when we act as if we are. Now, now just give you a little context and we'll jump into the reading here. Um, there, there was this man who had a son who was possessed by a demon. And remember, at the beginning of the chapter, the disciples had gone out and cast out demons and healed diseases and all of this. And so this man heard that Jesus and the disciples were at this mountain, and he brought his son to the disciples and asked them to heal him. And and it's a reasonable request. They had just been doing that themselves just a few verses before, and yet this time we read that for some reason they couldn't do it. And you got to ask yourself, why? Like, what's changed? It can't be that Jesus wasn't with them, because Jesus wasn't with them when he sent them out either. And the answer comes in the context after. Jesus heals the boy. And it says in verse 43 that, that everybody there was amazed at the greatness of God. See, they saw the light, and it caused them to bring glory to the Father in heaven. And while everyone was marveling at everything that Jesus did... He used it as an opportunity to teach them by saying to the disciples, listen carefully for what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. See, put another way, Jesus could have said to the disciples, 
I am about to give up my own independence. I'm about to give up my own independence. It says in verse 45, they didn't understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it and they were afraid to ask him about it. Now, this isn't the message I planned to give, but I want to point out just something I noticed here. There's always a danger when we don't understand things and we don't bring them to God anyway. A lot of times we think we can't bring our doubts to God. We can't bring our questions to him. But what you'll see here is that when we don't allow God into those moments, into our fears, into our questions, what happens is we end up acting independent of God and that leads us in a path toward destruction. And that's what you're going to see here. Verse 46, an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to the disciples, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. And in that setting, in those verses, we see the problem that led to why they could not heal the young boy who was possessed by a demon. They wanted to do it independently. They wanted to be independent, just like the disciples arguing about who is going to be greatest. And so Jesus responds to this with a model for how they're called to be. And he says, you're called to be the most dependent example that I can think of. You are called to be like a child. See, children are are utterly dependent on the adults around them. If you file your taxes, you have to claim them as dependents. A child can't go out and get a job. A child can't provide for all of their needs. A child can't make all the rational decisions they need to for complex situations. And it's not their fault. They're, They're so very valuable. They just lack the power and the experience and the physical and mental maturity to be able to do those things. And so... That's why as a society, we we protect children by holding the adults in their lives accountable. We protect dependents so that those that they're dependent on care for them. See, Jesus tells the disciples that just like a child is dependent on others, you and I are called to be dependent on him. We're called to be dependent on him, or we're called to be dependent on one another. He says, if, if you want to follow me, it's the opposite of what you're arguing about. When they're saying who's the greatest, what they're really saying is who's going to be dependent on who. And Jesus is telling them, you're both dependent on me. You're both dependent on me. And that's the reason they weren't able to heal the little boy. They forgot whose power it took to heal him in the first place. They were sparklers trying to light a firework without a flame. They were sparklers trying to light a firework without a flame. And friends, you and I do the same thing every time we try to handle our lives without God. We do the same thing every time we try to handle our own lives without the power of God, whether it's as an individual or a family or as a country. I mean, just think about it right now. It's Independence Day weekend. Think about this statement. Our ability to celebrate our independence is ironically dependent on the sacrifice of others who give up their own independence 
for us. Let me say that again. Our ability to celebrate the 4th of July, our independence, is ironically dependent on the sacrifice of others who give up their own independence for us. I mean, just just think about it. It isn't just the history. It's what's going on right now. Aren't you thankful that there isn't a soldier out there that's protecting our freedom, that decides as they're holding back the threat of the enemy, today they decide, you know what? I'm going to exercise my independence today, and I'm going to walk off the field. I'm done. Aren't you thankful that there aren't soldiers out there doing that in mass? And if you're not thankful for that, I'm sure the soldier standing next to that soldier is thankful. We are dependent on one another. We're dependent on one another as a country, and we're dependent on God as a world. And yet the challenge here is that so many of us are like the disciples where we try to live as if that's not true. We try to live independent of God and independent on others, and it literally will kill us. It would literally have killed that young boy if Jesus didn't come and save the day, right? Because they had the power. They just didn't acknowledge it, and so they weren't going to be able to heal him. And and let me tell you, it'll also kill us as a country. If we don't see ourselves connected to one another, not independent of one another, that's why we talked about neighboring for the last four weeks. We are dependent on each other, and we are dependent on God. We can't fix the greatest problems in our personal lives or in the world by ourselves. If we try to do it, we're like sparklers without a flame. We need God. There's this old story that I want to leave you with. It's about a little boy who was was helping his dad do some yard work. Dad said, you know what, son? I want you to go over to this part of the, the, the yard, and, and I want you to pull out all the rocks out of the ground and um, get as many of them as you, as you possibly can. And he was watching him do this, and, and, and he got to this one rock. It was, it was really big, and he tried really hard to get this thing out of the ground, and he just couldn't do it. And so finally, after trying really hard, he went to his father and he said, Dad, I can't do it. I can't get that stone out. And the father asked him, he said, did you use all the strength that you have available? And the son said, yes. He was actually a little bit offended. He said, I used every ounce of energy. I've been working on that thing for like an hour. I just can't get the stone out of the ground. And the father looked at his son and he smiled. And he said, son, you did not use all the strength that you had available to you. You could have asked your father for help. And so the father and the son went over to the stone, and together they were able to pull it out. Friends, when we pray to God and we bring before him our needs and and our lives and, and, and the complex issues we're facing personally and in our families and in our world, God isn't a genie in a bottle, (laughs) If you haven't figured that out yet, that's not the way prayer works. If you think that's the way prayer works, you're going to be very disappointed. Jesus uses a different description. He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is something that's used to connect two animals so that they can pull a weight that one of them or the other would not be able to pull alone. And God tells us that we're called to do the same thing with him. Yoke yourself to him. And if you don't, and you act as if you're independent, and I do this far too often, it's what we need to repent of. It's the original sin, right? The serpent in the garden in Genesis was saying, you can be God. You don't need God. And when we do that, 
we are like sparklers without a flame. But Jesus came to be the light of the world. And when we allow that light to shine, we become the sparklers for the world around us that he's called us to be, not to bring glory to ourselves, but to celebrate the glory of God around us. It's what what God comforted the ancient Israelites when he said to the prophet Isaiah, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being the light. We thank you for being a light that shines in every dark corner of our lives. We thank you for being the flame that that allows us then to go forward and and love our neighbors and, and come before you with the complexities of life and know that we are not alone as we face them. Lord Jesus, help us to be reminded that we are not independent, that independence is a myth as a country and as individuals. We are wholly dependent on you and you alone because your word reminds us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And at the root of that sin is our awareness of thinking to ourselves that we can do this alone and we can't. And so Lord, I believe that there are there are some of us out there right now who are at the end of our rope. We, we're, like, we're like sparklers that don't understand why it won't start, why the flame won't kick off. And God, it's because we haven't turned to the source, which is you. And so God, I pray that you would forgive those of us who are in that place. I know there's been many times this week that I've been in that place. Lord God, would you forgive me for that? Help us to turn to you as our source of truth, as the strength that we need to face the challenges of this day, and as a good Father in heaven who promises to take our right hand and says to you and me, do not fear, I will help you. It is in Jesus' name we